is a Woodside Church podcast. Okay, we're going to uh, do the final part of our preaching series, uh, which is called The Sounds of Christmas. And Luke is going to be preaching in a moment. But the first thing we'd like to do is, is uh, for us all just to listen to the, the verses that are particularly focusing on this final part of the series. So if we could play the video, that'd be great. Thank you. Luke chapter 2, verses 25 to 38. Now there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And this man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all peoples a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for glory to your people Israel. And his father and his mother marveled at what was said about him. And Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign that is opposed. And a sword will pierce through your own soul also, so that thoughts from many hearts may be revealed. And there was a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was advanced in years, having lived with her husband seven years from when she was a virgin and then as a widow until she was 84. She did not depart from the temple, worshipping with fasting and prayer night and day. And coming up at that very hour, she began to give thanks to God and to speak of him to all who were waiting for the redemption of Jerusalem. Good morning. Hello. Right then. This morning's for me a tad different, a tad different, in that I'm going to speak for 10 minutes, around about, no promises. And Marion's going to, Marion Boland's going to come and speak for 10 minutes as well. Um, there are almost two mini talks that are slightly separate. And the re- originally it was just going to be me. But as I was going through, as sometimes happens, as I was going through the verses, I felt God say, you need to focus on Anna. And I'd already written my talk by this point, so that was great. Um, Then I thought, okay, who do I know who for me is an Anna? And Marion is, for me, Marion is an Anna. Um, So I will speak speak first and foremost. This is, as Martin said, this is the last of our Christmas series. This is Sound of a Blessing. And as, as you just heard, baby Jesus has been taken to the temple and he's, and he's encountered a man called Simeon, who was a prophet, and a lady called Anna, who was a prophetess. And these people are, these are remarkable characters that if you blink, you miss them. They're, they are there for a second, but they are incredible characters that are worth pondering for a second. Um, this time of year, no, before I say that, we are in a time in history, they were in a time in history then, when everything had gone quiet. So in the Old Testament, we hear prophecy after prophecy after prophecy about a coming Messiah. They, throughout history, Jeremiah, Isaiah, keeps happening, keeps happening, keeps happening. And then suddenly, everything goes silent. Nothing. For 400 years, nothing. So where we are now in this series is a series where suddenly, 
suddenly it, it, it pounces on them. like It's gone quiet and suddenly he's here. They've heard about it for thousands of years and it's happened. So before I start talking, we're going to watch a little clip.
Okay. Why did I choose Phil Collins? I chose I chose that song very on on purpose. That from from my perspective, and I'm sure lots of people disagree with me. From my perspective, Phil Collins is the king of anticipation. His songs always have an incredibly long build up before the bit we all wait and hear, which is the drum beat. You wait about four minutes before that bit kicks in. That's why I let. That's why it took so long. But. The reason I've done that is because I want us to feel a sense of, of what anticipation is. So whatever, I'm sure everyone who knows this song is waiting for the bit, whether you get you know, the monkey, if you've seen Dairy Milk, or whatever, whatever you think of, where you wait for that drum beat. And that's what the people of Israel had done for years and years, and it was building up, and it was building up, it was building up. And, then, and, that, and that's, this is the story, when the drum beat kicks in. And... We, God's people, throughout history have been a people who, are, who, who have been an anticipating people. A people who have been waiting for something. And that's the same for us now. What we wait for now is different to what the, what the Old Testament Jews were waiting for, but we are still waiting. And when I mean antici- what I mean by anticipation is a people who look out, who are ready, expectant and excited about what God's going to do. That's for our own lives, but that's more, for us now, it's about the second coming of Jesus that we believe in. But let's be honest, we, f- we forget that's going to happen. We get on with our lives and we forget that the Bible says he's coming again. And we are called to be a people who are anticipating. So and Simeon says, and this is what anticip- he was anticipating God was going to come. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light of revelation to the Gentiles. So I think, so this is, I apologise to the Ukrainians here, because after I wrote this, I realised this doesn't, won't translate well. But my first point is we are to be a people who are anticipating. Good luck with that. <laughs> Anticipating and waiting. We are called to be, be a people who are waiting people, but anticipating. Not waiting, look at the watch and get distracted, and, but are people who are ready, always ready. How, how do you do that for a whole lifetime? How do you live the way that you're always ready? So this is a time of year when everyone in our nation and a a lot of the world understand anticipation. December comes, you know, Christmas lights go up, calendars start opening up, people start shopping, everyone's anticipating this day. So there's no time better in the year for me me to say to you, we are to be a people, where, where Christmas has been twisted and mixed and messed up, one thing that's left that is true, and maybe the reason's wrong, but... It's a time of anticipation. It's a story of anticipation. And whether you're a Christian or not, you'll feel anticipation. And Christians are meant to embrace that feeling because it's the story that, we live, that we're living with. And the Bible, in 2 Peter 3, it says this. And this is to do with the second coming. But do not under, um, overlook this fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years and a thousand years is as a day. The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some of us count slowness, but is patient towards you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. But the day, will come, the day of the Lord will come like a thief. He's going to come again. He is coming again. It's a story that Jesus tells about a parable of ten virgins 
And, and five of them, it says, oil their lamps, and five don't. And they all fall asleep, and then comes like a thief. Jesus returns, five are ready and five aren't. I want to be the five, one of the five that's ready. A, guy, a man called Paul Tripp, he's a famous preacher, says this. The sort of waiting to which we are called to is not inactivity. It's very positive, purposeful and spiritual. To be called to wait is to be called to the activity of remembering. Remembering who I am and remembering who God is. To be called to wait is to be called to the activity of worship. Worshipping God for his presence, wisdom, power, love and grace. To be called to wait is to be called to the activity of serving. Looking for ways to lovingly insist and encourage others that are also being called to wait. To be called to wait is to be called to the activity of praying. Confessing the struggles of my heart and seeking the grace of God who called me to wait. We must rethink waiting and remind ourselves that waiting in itself is a call to action. So Simeon was waiting, it says, for the consola- um, consolation of... Consolation? Consolidation. Consolidation of Israel. Which basically... Sorry? Is that it? Oh, sorry. Which means he's waiting for the Messiah to come back. He's waiting for the Comforter to come and, and save the people. We've, by God's grace, we have... That time has come. We are now living in the time where he has come and he's saved his people. And now we wait, we wait for another return. It is easy in this culture to get lazy when we wait. All of us. We can, our Bible sits on the wall and gathers, sits on the shelf and gathers dust, but Netflix is on. It's very easy for us to, to get distracted. But we've got to be a people who, like me, when I was on holiday in Spain, about 12, 13 years old, waiting to get on that slide, and that red, there was a red light, and it would stay red, then it would go green, and then I would have to go down that slide. We are to be a people who are ready ready to go. And, and, and when you go to a swimming pool and you see, the, if you see how lifeguards do it, if they've got a whole shift, you, they've got a whole eight-hour shift wait, making sure nothing bad happens, have you seen what they do? You may have noticed this. They stay at a point. I, I, the last time I was about, maybe about 10 minutes. It's not very long. And then they all shift. All of them at the same time move to another point. Wait, about 10 minutes. And then they move to another point. And they do that so they're staying awake so they don't miss any, any problems. And Christians, we, we are called to stay awake. But there is a way you can fall asleep and there's a way you can stay awake. And my little bit of application for this, really basic, but it's something I've not heard for a while, which is a bit of, a, bit of a concern. We, now January's coming, I want you to consider something we used to call a quiet time. So it's a term I've not heard for a long time. And that that's worries me, because that means probably people are starting to not do it as much. Um, and a quiet time is a time when you regularly refocus yourself on God. When you, maybe daily, maybe three times a week, but some set time in a week, you will go, okay, I'm going to read my Bible, I'm going to have a time of prayer, I'm going to have a time to read my Bible. And that when you do that, there's lots of benefits to that. But one of the benefits to that is you move position. You get back in, okay, focus again, life distracts you, you come back to that place, you refocus again. It, will keep, it keeps you awake. It keeps you awake. <laughs> Ironically, usually you do it when you first wake up and you fall asleep. But it, will keep, it keeps you awake. And we've called that one way for a Christian to stay awake, is to have regular times with God. And I want to challenge you, and me, because I don't do it every day, I'll be honest. I, I probably, I, I'm trying to get three or four in a week. 
but try to have regular times when you're with God. So that's, that's a way we can wait and stay awake. The second, my second little, little sub-point is, again, I'm sorry, God, sorry, sorry to the Ukrainians, anticipating. So you've got anticipating, anticipating. What did, what did Simeon see? What did Simeon see when they brought to Jesus into the temple? He saw, well, he saw as different to other people, but what was seen was a, a poor couple, unimpressive, clearly poor, because it says they, just before the verse that was on here, it says they came and sacrificed two doves or two pigeons, which were the sacrifice of poor people. So two poor people came in with a baby. That's what he saw. And he says this, this line, which effectively is the Phil Collins, I've been waiting for this moment all my life. <laughs> he basically says, I'm ready to die. He saw a baby and two poor people. I don't know, if you'd been waiting all your life for the Messiah, what would you have expected to see? But he saw with a different set of eyes. Everyone else would have been like, you've been waiting for that. But the Bible says that he was, he was moved by the Spirit. And he, because of the Holy Spirit was on him, he saw, what, what, he saw more than anyone else saw. And we're to be people like Simeon and Anna who see differently. Who see differently in other people. And that's an application to that would be, if you're a, a leader of a, in Woodside, you're a leader in some area at Woodside, and you're struggling with team, which to be honest with you, I think everybody is struggling with team, to see differently, to ask God, God, you give me eyes to see people that I, have, I otherwise would not have, not have thought of they could lead my, be in my team. When I was a youth worker many years ago, I won't say who they were, but when I look back and think my best ever youth workers, they had no history of youth work. But God put them on my heart, and I thought, oh, that'll be, that'll be interesting, let's go for that. And they ended up being my best youth workers. We are called, by the, by the, with, with the Holy Spirit, he can give us eyes to see something that others can't see. And we're called to be that. I remember when I, was, I did something called Impact, which was a year for the church. And on that year, I was not a good choice for an impact student. I did, we had assemblies. I wouldn't speak at the assemblies. It was me, Connie, a girl called Connie, Rachel, my wife, and Adam was our leader. And those three would do the assemblies, and I would resolutely refuse every time. Adam would say, Luke, will you do something this time? Nope, not doing it. You've literally given a year to God. Why are you not doing it? I'm not doing it. I'm not talking in front of hundreds of people. No chance. And when I was at school, I would, when they did school, when they did sort of you did like a, a, a presentation in front of the class of 10, class of 10, I would run to the toilet, wouldn't do it. And, but Adam, even though I was an absolute coward and, and stubborn and sometimes an idiot, <laughs> I was, Adam saw, Adam saw something in me because the, because the Bible says, and the Bible does not say this, <laughs> Ad, Adam said that God had given him faith for me. So God had given Adam a set of eyes that he saw something in me that I didn't see in me, and nobody, nobody saw in me. But God can give us those eyes. So if you're a leader in any, in any set in the woodside, I want, I want to suggest to you right now, when we are struggling for leaders, ask God, God, would you give me eyes to see differently? So the whole gospel that we believe is an unexpected, surprising gospel. People that God appears to is a, a, a probably 14, 15-year-old virgin girl, an, an, a really old lady, 
Elizabeth, who gets pregnated. Shepherds, who were despised. All unexpected. You wouldn't have expected those people. And then we see that then we see the way Jesus came in, the way he worked, the way he brought the gospel about. Unexpected. He died on the cross for us. He put on a crown of thorns before before he put on any royal crown. Always unexpected. And as Christians, we're to be a people who see with different eyes and and believe God can do things in unexpected ways because the whole Bible is full of unexpected stories. Also to remember that God, for us, God, God will give us what I would call humble babies. God will give you things that, you won't, that other people won't expect much from. But you might have a conversation with somebody who's depressed and you think it's just a conversation. See with the eyes of God, he might give, that conversation might be something that brings in the kingdom of God for them. Little moments, little humble babies we will face day to day. A faithful conversation, a faithful little prayer for somebody, a faithful I won't do what they're doing. Little things. And God will do, can do amazing, amazingly massive things for our, little, for our little faithful actions. So that my little talk is, let's be a people who are of anticipation, a people who are always ready for the return of Jesus, or the end of us, but who are ready to meet Jesus. Let's be a people who see differently, like Simeon saw, see things differently. That's, that's my mini talk. Come on over, Marion, and do your, do your little slot as well. Now, Marion's instructed me not to say anything before she speaks, so I won't. I won't say anything about Marion before she speaks. You put this. You put this, this side on your back. Oh yeah, that works right. Hello. Use this one. Thank you. So um, Luke asked me this week to speak to you about Anna, and I have to confess I knew about Anna, but I've never really looked into her life before. But she was actually a really inspiring person, and she's in the Bible for a reason. There might only be three verses about her in one gospel. But she's there for a reason, and we can learn a lot from her. So um, there's four things that I want to pick out of her life that I want to talk to you about today. The first one is that she was a prophet or a prophetess. And that means that she heard words from God or she spoke God's truth to people. The second is that she obviously loved to be in the presence of God. So she lived in the temple. I don't know how long she'd been there, but she'd moved into the temple and she worshipped God through prayer and fasting every day. Um, The third thing is that Anna had had a difficult life. She had become a widow at a very young age. She was probably married as a teenager, lost her husband after seven years. Maybe she had children and brought them up alone. We don't know. But she had had many, many years, maybe 60 plus years of being a widow. Um, So she had had a difficult life. 
And the last thing is that Anna loved talking about Jesus. Once she met with Jesus, she loved talking about him. So I just want to expand on those four things now. And the first one is that Anna was a prophet. So I don't know about you, but I wonder, have you got a prophetic gift? Maybe you've never even considered it. Maybe you think, I could never do that. Um, I just want to read you a passage from 1 Corinthians, and it says, Let love be your highest goal, but also desire the special abilities the Spirit gives, especially the gift of prophecy. One who prophesies is helping others grow in the Lord, encouraging and comforting them. One who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church. I mean, what an amazing gift it is to have a prophetic gift. And when I came to this church about 18 years ago, I think it was, um, I'd never been in a church where I'd heard prophetic words. I'd had a couple spoken over me, but I'd never attended a church where there was the gifts of the Spirit. And to be honest, it took me out of my comfort zone. But I was, so, I was going through a divorce at the time. I was so encouraged and so strengthened by people who spoke prophetic words then. Sharon Atkinson was one of them. Brian Gibbons was another. I would come away, you know, struggling, but feeling really encouraged and blessed by the words that were given, like I'm sure the people are today who've had prophetic words. Um, so I went to Tim Green one day and I said... I'd really like to bless and encourage people with prophetic words too. How do I do this? And he told me a book I could read. He said, read the Bible. And he said, join a group where you're learning from prophetic people. So I joined Carol and Tony Whelan, Alan and Ruth Byfield's group. And they, those guys have so blessed me. And it was a gradual learning thing. Things we do, gifts we have need practicing. Otherwise, they don't grow. So, you know, I would ask God to give me a word and bring it in group where it was a safer place and test it out. Then I started asking God in church, would you give me a word to encourage people? Um, And if you give me one, give me the confidence to go up the front. I wasn't an up the front person at all. And gradually I would hear from God and sometimes I didn't have the courage to go up the front, but somebody else would bring it. So I knew, yeah, God, I am hearing from God. I do know what God is saying. And gradually over time, God grows the gift. So I just want to encourage all of you, if you haven't got a prophetic gift, to ask for one, to seek God. God says, eagerly desire this special gift because you can bless so many people through having that gift. So that's one way that Anna is an inspiration. She was a prophetess. The second thing about Anna is that she loved to be in the presence of God. And like Luke said, this is a challenge, isn't it, in our lifestyle today. We are bombarded with information that distracts us all the time. But being with God is the most beautiful thing out. And when I have tangibly felt the presence of God, I can remember every single moment of that because you feel so safe, so loved, so awed, so inspired. It is the most beautiful thing, but we have to intentionally set aside time to be with God. I mean, Anna went and lived in the temple. We do not have to come and live in Woodside Church. The heating bill would be huge, wouldn't it? But we have the temple of the, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God lives in us and we can access God's spirit and his presence any time we want to. Doesn't matter where we are or what we're doing, but God loves it if we are intentional about it. And we set aside time with him. Maybe you need to go for a walk on your own. Don't put your earphones in. Just have silence and ask God to speak. Uh, Think about the best time of day for you, for God to speak to you. Now, for me, 
I'm a morning person and I get quite overwhelmed and overstimulated by lots of people, lots of information, lots of noise. So I need kind of quiet. And when I've slept and my brain has had a break and is most calm, it's the optimum time for me to hear from God. And so I often hear from God early in the morning. And just a little story. Recently, I'd got into some bad habits. I'd kind of, it's cold, it's dark, I hadn't been very well. And I was lying in to the very last minute in the morning. So um, the other day, I got up, had my breakfast, and I thought, I'll just put on the Bible app. I haven't, had, I haven't got time to have time with God. And I want to just <laughs> read to you what the Bible app said. And it showed me God has a sense of humor and that he pursues us. It said, get out of bed, Jerusalem. <laughs> Wake up. Put your face in the sunlight. God's bright glory has risen for you. The whole earth is wrapped in darkness. All people sunk in deep darkness. But God rises on you. His sunrise glory breaks over you. (laughs) And I just laughed. I thought, God's saying to me, get out of this bad habit. Because do you know something? God loves our presence. It's just not It's not just that we love his, he loves our presence. He really, really wants us to sit with him or walk with him or whatever it is we do because he has so much he wants to say to us. He wants to bless us. He wants to encourage us. He wants to give us what we need for the day. So I just encourage you, make that time. Like Luke said, make that time with God. Be intentional about it because it will change your life. Um, And the other thing is think about... um, creative ways of meeting with God. I have learned in my life to do some quite creative things. Like I meet with God in my imagination. So I picture going to meet Jesus in a beautiful place that I love. And I say to Jesus, will you come and speak to me? And in my imagination, he speaks. And it's been amazing. The other thing I do is I write a letter from God to me. I say, I write it down, dear Marion, and then I say, God, will you inspire my pen and tell me what you want to say to me? And when I read it back weeks and months later, I can see it was a prophetic thing and it was really from God. So just use your creativity about hearing from God. The third thing about Anna that I want to mention is that she had had a difficult life. She had had a difficult life, but she still loved God. You know, when we have difficulties, and we will all get them, the Bible says, in this life you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Um, She didn't run away from God and blame God. She ran to God. And um, it doesn't sound to me as if Anna was bitter or cynical or negative or felt sorry for herself, because there she was in the temple. She was fasting and praying and worshipping God. It's a challenge, isn't it, when we have hard times, to how we manage them. And do you know what's the most important thing is how we handle difficulty. That's more important than the difficulty itself. It's what we do with it. And I've had some quite difficult times in my life. And one of the things I've learned about is managing my thought life. Because it's very easy to replay the negative over and over again and whatever you focus on in your mind gets bigger right so the bible says fix your thoughts on what is true and what is right what is honorable what is excellent what is praiseworthy what is of good report that's the bible teaching us about how to manage our mental health and 
you might need to go and see a counsellor. I've seen counsellors. Sometimes we need to process our pain. I'm not saying be in denial of it, but I'm just saying manage your thoughts. And um, yeah, when it's not a sin when a thought comes into your mind. We have so much information. Our brain is like a computer. It downloads it. It's what you do with that thought that's important. It's about resisting it. It's about deleting it. And it's about saying, no, I'm not going to think that. I'm going to think this instead. And it's about focusing on the things God wants us to focus on. And one thing that Anna did was she magnified God. She didn't magnify her problems. She magnified God. And one of the things that helped me when I was going through a very trying time was reading all about the character of God and learning to magnify God in my difficulty. And when you magnify God's power, his love, his goodness, his kindness, the hope that we have, that changes your whole mindset and it changes your whole life because you become this joyful person in the middle of difficulty, which you couldn't imagine, and you have God's peace. So um, I think Anna was an amazing example of a woman who'd had tremendous difficulty, probably financial, loneliness, hardship for many, many years. And yet she was a woman who's turned to God and was still praising God. So I think she has so much that she can teach us. Um, The last thing about Anna that I want to think about was that Anna really loved to talk about Jesus. And when I grew up, there was this kind of mindset of you've got to be an evangelist and you did courses to be an evangelist you know evangelism explosion I don't know if any of you remember that but what I want to say about Anna was I don't think she did a course on it the love she had for Jesus was the outflow of the time she'd spent in his presence and what he'd done for her she, she, it just was a natural thing and I want here to mention um, my friend Jackie she's not here today She's the most lovely Christian woman, and she hasn't done any courses on evangelism, but she is such a beautiful person because she is so grateful for her salvation. And I've been a prayer partner of Jackie's for about 15 years, and she doesn't have a Christian family. Her life's been very, very difficult. And I'd be around her house on a Wednesday afternoon, and we'd be having our prayer meeting, and there'd be a knock at the door, and one of her friends would turn up, And she wouldn't just put the prayer meeting to one side. She'd say, come on in. We're having a prayer meeting. What can we pray for you about? They weren't Christians. And they'd kind of look at her. Then they'd tell her and we'd pray together. And then, do you know, the next Wednesday, they'd come and knock on the door again because they want to come back for more. It was just a natural thing that she did. And Anna really loved God. And the way she talked about Jesus was the outflow of all that God had done for her. It wasn't a forced thing in any way. It was a natural thing. Uh, I think Anna was one of those people you'd want to hang out with. I think you would just want to be with her because she was an inspiration. Um, This might sound a bit like I could never be an Anna. I could never be like her. And I just want to say you don't have to be a super spiritual person to be an Anna. You don't have to be uh, really successful to be an Anna. You just, I just want to read you this. So here's what I want you to do. This is Romans 12 in the message. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, your eating, your going to work, your walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. That's all you have to do. You place it before God as an offering. 
Now, at the moment, I'm working for the King's Arms Project, and I have to confess, with people who've been homeless some days, it's a real challenge. And I say to God in the morning, I've learned to do this. Okay, God, I give you my loaves and my fishes. Some days, on a bad day, it's one loaf and one fish. And I say, please, will you multiply what I bring to feed the people I'm going to see today? And, you know, the days when I, in myself, have the least to offer and I depend on God, that is the day that he does the most. So you can just give God whatever it is you have, even if it feels like nothing, and he will multiply it because that's the kind of God he is. Oh, my glasses are broken. (laughs) So I'll have to remember the rest. So... um, The thing that really stood out for me about Anna when I was praying about this and reading it was that Anna was quite an expectant person. She was hanging around in the temple, but she had open eyes and open ears. So temple was a big place, but she saw Simeon taking baby Jesus in his arms and she heard what he said and she was over there like a shot because this was what she'd been waiting for. This was better than Chelsea winning the Champions League in 2012. (laughs) That's for Josh. (laughs) This was like the moment she'd been waiting for, really meeting Jesus. She was over there like a shot. If she hadn't had those open eyes and those open ears, she'd have missed it, wouldn't she? If she'd been distracted, she would have missed it, but she didn't. And the other thing that really stood out to me about Anna was that she wasn't expecting God to do things her way you know like Luke said this is a bit of a repeat but a lot of people a lot of the Jews in those times expected the Messiah to come as somebody who would overthrow the Roman occupation a political kind of leader and here was a teenage mum and her husband and a tiny baby eight days old and she believed that he was the Messiah so I just felt that God wanted me to say Have open ears, like Luke said, have open eyes, but also be open to God doing things his way. And the Bible says, just as heavens are higher than the earth, so are my thoughts higher than your thoughts and my ways higher than your ways. Just as heavens are higher than the earth. That tells me God isn't going to do things the way I expect him to do them. Because my view of things is so small and God's is so great. So I just want you to... Be challenged by that. Be open to how God will do things, not just what he will do. That's all. Yeah, God, we come before you and we pray, Father God, would we be people who, who anticipate you? People of anticipation. Would we be a people who, who long for you more than anything, Lord Jesus? Lord, thank you for the example of Anna and Simeon, Lord Jesus. Lord, help us to be a people who are focused on you and your kingdom and, and live that way. Lord Jesus, I pray would you help us to be a people of discipline. Lord Jesus, it's so hard. It's so hard in this busy life to carve out time for you. But Lord Jesus, as this new year starts, Lord, I pray would you do something in many, many of us that would make us a people who are are ready and who are watching and who are spending time with you, we pray. Amen. Thank you, everybody. Please stay for teas, coffees, and I've seen mince pies as well. So stay around. Lovely. Thank you. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.